The Productive Woman, Episode 184. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, I'm pleased to share with you my conversation with executive coach, speaker, and author Jody Womack. You'll find more information about Jody, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 184. This episode is brought to you by Making Light Candles, and I'm just really pleased to have Making Light Candles as a sponsor of the podcast because I've been a subscriber to this wonderful service for... I don't know, quite some time, maybe a year. Uh, I heard about them. I forget even now, even where I heard about them. But basically, it's a subscription service that brings a little box to me once a month with two lovely full-sized candles, along with a little tea light candle that previews a scent for the next month, and a box of wooden matches. Uh, And I love these candles. I always look forward to them. The smells are delicious. The, uh, and I use them. I'll talk a little bit about how I use them. Um, But they're offering a special discount to the Productive Woman listeners who use the promo code TPW10 when you order at makinglight.com. And the idea of using these candles, and I want to commend you to the website. They've got a little two-minute long video there that really does such a great job of explaining the idea behind them, and it's a fun little video to watch. But the idea behind them is to use them as part of a ritual to get yourself ready to do your best work. And so if you've got a creative project, if you're a writer, if you're an artist, if you're, or if for your meditation practice or whatever, the just the physical act of lighting the candle is a way of setting yourself in motion to do whatever that what that work is, the meditation, the creative project or whatever. And that's what I do as I sit down to do my morning routine of my meditation, my my reading of inspirational material, uh, the various things that I do there, the affirmations that I read, I first, the first thing I do is, well, I get a cup of tea and then I sit down and then I light my candle, whichever one I'm using for that day. And it's just a, a kind of a signal to me now. It's become part of a habit that, okay, this is this is a time I do that. And the scent of the candle just adds to the the experience and the the flickering light of the candle. I love candles anyway, but I especially love these. They're just really neat little candles. And it helps set the stage, get me in the right frame of mind to do the work that I like. And so they, they have different scents every month. Uh, one of them is a featured fragrance, and the other one is from your kind of customized favorite. Favorites list. So when you subscribe, they ask you some questions about the kinds of scents you like. If you like more floral or more woodsy or more vanilla or food-based kinds of things. And they use that to prepare kind of a favorites list. And you'll get one of those and one of their featured scents. And then another little candle that previews something that's coming for the following month. So one of the ones I'm using right now is Annapolis Harbor. And I'm going to apologize to everybody because I'm really bad at describing smells, but I love the scent of this one. And there have been just all kinds of different ones that uh, I've really enjoyed using. So I, um, this is one of my favorite things that I do each day is lighting this candle. Besides using them for yourself, I think they'd make a really nice gift, maybe to a, a graduate student or to your spouse, to work colleagues, to friends. It just is an unusual kind of gift, a unique kind of gift that keeps on giving. They have different lengths of subscriptions that you can choose to make it um, a really special gift for someone that you care about. So that's just something to think about. Again, visit makinglight.com. Check out that two-minute video and 
when you decide to order, make sure you let them know that the Productive Woman sent you. And to get $10 off your subscription, be sure to use the promo code tpw 10 Uh, at checkout. That's TPW for The Productive Woman and the number 10. And thanks so much to uh, Making Light Candles for sponsoring this episode. I'm excited. Okay, so let's get right into my conversation now with uh, Jody Womack. I am delighted to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Jody Womack. Jody is a sought-after speaker, the co-founder of the Get Momentum Leadership Academy, and the author with her husband of Get Momentum, which was the Productive Woman Book Club's January 2018 selection. I've really been looking forward to talking with her about how she manages her own busy life. So welcome, Jody. Thanks so much. Good to see you. Yes, it, uh, those uh, members of the community who were uh, participated in our live discussion of the book have already met you. Um, but for those who weren't in that meeting and who haven't watched the video of it yet, maybe you could start by telling us a little bit more about who you are, what you do, where you are, whatever whatever you think might be interesting for us to know about you. Sure. First, I am a huge fan of book clubs. So congrats to everybody who's taking part of that. Um, can learn so much from one another, not just from the books, but how other people use books as a tool. Uh, I'm a big fan of learning in whatever mode you like. So I love the audio versions, the digital versions, the shortcut versions like Get Abstract that does book summaries. It's a great tool. Uh, and my whole life, I've been bringing people together. My teachers, I remember when I would get my report cards as a kid, would say, wow, if Jody would ever stop talking to her neighbors, she could get some work done. And the irony is, I actually talk now for a living <laughs> and bring people together and you know solve problems and, and create these communities where people get to really dive in deep in what they care about. So I love this. Thanks for having me. And uh, what a great community to be surrounded by. Yeah, I'm it's, busy women. Yeah, redundant. I productive women. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's an honor to be part of it, and I love being being part of that community, both in Facebook and just in general. Um, so anyway, a little more about you, maybe. Sure. So I had a dream job for a while, and then that turned into a nightmare. And I'm so fortunate to have the support of my spouse, who said, "Listen, we just need you happy first. And, uh, and we can, we can find a way. So I took a year off and I did some freelancing. And in that time I realized my husband and I really had some skills on teaching workshops and bringing people together and doing executive coaching. And so that gave me this whole new lease on life. And we've been doing that for 12 years, mm-hmm. traveled the world. I've been to, I think around 24 countries uh, getting to speak at conferences and women's groups. And anytime people come together with the concept and core of how do we be more productive in a very, very busy and demanding world, I tend to love women's conferences because they're my people, right? Yeah. So they're not just handling what's going on at work, but they usually have some big responsibilities at home. I personally am starting to help out quite a bit more with my aging parents, with managing doctor's appointments and meds and, you know, being more involved in their day to day than I ever have before. So it's changing my role as a daughter. And I, I know that it's going to a conference or reading a book once is never enough, not for me anyway. And so my husband and I created this program called the Get Momentum Leadership Academy because we know people need ongoing support. It's great to go and get exposed to a new concept at a conference or through a book. But then, you know, life happens. We get busy and something, you know, it's it's the season. Whatever the, the thing is, uh, we know we need help getting back on track, getting back on the wagon. And so we created this monthly program that we meet up. We pick one theme a month. And so uh, instead of trying to fix all things all the time, which can be totally overwhelming and discouraging, we pick one thing. So for example, this month is all about productivity through technology. Mm. And I don't know about you, but I have made so many changes to my phone and to my computer settings this month because I'm focused on it, you know, and, yeah. and the question for me comes down to 
What do I wish this thing did? How do other people get it to do what they want it to do? I'm in my mid 40s, just had my birthday about six months ago. And on my birthday, I changed the settings. I started reading glasses and that was new. It's like your arm starts to get longer and longer to read your cell phone. Yeah. You know that feeling. Uh, and I, I'm not in the habit yet of having my readers with me all the time. Like I have my phone with me all the time. And so this month of productivity through technology, I realized I didn't want to feel frustrated anymore when I look at my phone. And so instead of, you know, figuring out how to have glasses with me all the time, I figured out how to change the font size on my phone. And there's a regular setting to get it to the biggest font. And then I learned, because I dug a little deeper, that there's <laughs> actually a uh, accessibility, like a handicap setting, an accessibility level, which will give you another 10 clicks on how big you can get your font size on your phone. And again, this isn't about phone hacks and tips and apps and that sort of thing, but it's what do I wish this thing did for me to make my life easier so I could use it better as a tool? Yeah. So anyway, that's that's a bit about me really at the top level, what's going on on the day to day. And uh, just so impressed to be surrounded by women that are continuing to ask themselves, like, how do I get better so I can do more of the things that I really want to have an impact on? Yeah. And that's, that's a lot of what the conversations in on this podcast and in the community are all about. And I love that you've already shared a little a little tip that might be helpful to some of us who are, oh, shall we say women of a certain age, Um, I can, I can relate to the yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, so, and I know we'll get more into kind of the things that you do to manage your time and your your stuff and all of that. But I think as we talk about those things, uh, it helps to have a little bit of context for the kinds of things you do. So maybe could you tell us if, if there is such a thing as a typical day for you, what what might that look like? Sure. So I live in a small town in California. It's called Ojai. You may have heard of it. It's Mm -hmm. been on the news quite a bit with all the fires that we had around the holidays. Uh, There's 8,000 people in town and it's, it's pretty remote in the hills right up against the national forest. And I have a home office and run a company with my husband. So that's, that's kind of the logistics of my normal every day. Uh, like I mentioned before, I'm on the road quite a bit, traveling and speaking at conferences and at client sites. So a typical day might also be getting up at four in the morning to get down to LAX and fly across country. And, you know, how do I be productive with a travel day? You know, how do I make sure I get the nutrition I need and a little bit of movement as well as my outreach and communications with my clients and that sort of thing? And uh And then I do a lot of writing. So we have a blog and I wrote this book with my husband and I just realized that I I like to speak about things and then I like to write about things, the same things, because I find people need to hear it in one way, but then they also need something to walk away with in their hands, something tangible. So, you know, a lot of the work that I do, I create worksheets because people want the step-by-steps. And so my whole thing is I don't want to give somebody a good idea and then make them work really hard on how to figure it out. And, you know, when they get back to their own office. So how can I take what I know and put it in these different learning modes so you can hear it, see it, watch it, and then download it and read it as well. So a typical day for me when I'm home Uh, it's kind of funny if anybody else out there works from a home office, you know, how dangerous it is. If, if you don't have a morning routine that it it turns into, (laughs) you know, three o'clock in the afternoon and you're still in your pajamas and you haven't brushed your teeth, or at least that's what happens to me. Uh, so my, my routine in the morning is I get up, showered, dressed, makeup, and I ride my bike into town and I, I hang out at the coffee shop for about a half an hour. And for me, it's not about the coffee at all, but I have an appointment. I'm out in the world. I'm social. I'm clean. I'm dressed. <laughs> and it it gives me that little bit of normalcy that I might have if I were driving to an office. And so uh, that's been one of my key productivity tips because 
when I don't do that or if the weather's not good or, you know, whatever gets in my way and I realize I've got my laptop in bed or I'm on the couch or I, you know, like certain things really derail me and I know better, but I still do. It's like, oh, I'll just work here from the couch and I'll get up and shower and clean up in a moment. And then it's three, four o'clock. I haven't eaten. I haven't had any exercise and I, you know, it's just a weird, everything goes weird so fast. Mm. So let me ask you, do you have a morning routine? You, you shared with me earlier that you're out in the country as well. Yeah, I have a morning routine that involves me kind of getting up. I get up pretty early and and dress in my workout clothes right away because I like to have worked out much more than I like actually working out. And Absolutely. Um, and yeah, and so I, you know, I get dressed, I come into my office and kind of do my my version of a, uh, and I've talked about this on a previous episode, kind of a, a a hybrid of the Miracle Morning and Julia Cameron's Morning Pages, um, kind of have a routine of things that I do before then I go get on the treadmill, do my little thing, take a shower, and then come in and start to work on my law practice. And I, I agree with you, having some sort of routine um, th- in place that gets you kind of into um, production mode, so to speak, is really important. On the days that I don't follow that routine, I I kind of wander around the house a little bit trying to find my yeah. my stride. You know, I love that you've got this self-care aspect as well, you know, getting up early and getting that workout in, and I'm right there with you. I love having done yoga <laughs> <laughs> after the fact. Um and that is such a key piece to productivity. I've been doing quite a bit of research because I'm speaking about this more and more, but you know, the, the original thought is that exercise is really good for your body, but now they're doing more and more brain studies of, you know, a healthy, active mind is more productive is, you know, has better memory capacity, has better recall, doesn't get stressed as easily. You know, it has all these other benefits. So it's not, vanity and it's not uh, procrastination too much, uh, but knowing how to build in the nutrition, rest, and movement is really key in knowing how to be productive in a sustainable way. Yeah. You know, all of us can have these crazy times of the season or the year. Uh, I know tax season's coming up, so all the accountants out there are getting crazy and, you know, starting to buy Red Bull and all that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> But how do you do sustained wellness and sustained productivity in those times of high demand? And it it takes a while to to learn that about yourself, about what's enough sleep. And, you know, I've been shifting my words from diet, exercise, and sleep to nutrition, rest, and movement. Yeah. Because nobody I know has ever liked being on a diet, but... When, when I use the word nutrition, there's something that clicks on my brain that doesn't feel like punishment, mm. right? So that I'm working a lot with the vocabulary for myself uh, because I, I know I'm tricky. You know, I, I'm sneaky. If I say, oh, I'm on a diet and I don't eat sugar, there's something going to sneak in or, you know, like I, it, uh, it can get a little wonky, especially when you work from home or you're traveling and your your menu choices aren't the same as if you were in your your own space. So how do we take care of ourselves in high stress environments or travel or you know anything that's outside of our normal routine? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. I mean and that's a great question. You said that you travel quite a bit to speak and I know a lot of listeners travel a lot for their whatever their job is. How do you take care of yourself? Um, to to maintain the ability, as you were putting it, the you know sustainable kind of productivity over time when you're traveling, you know, across the country or around the world on a regular basis. What what are the, some of the things that you found helpful to 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 take care of yourself so that you can do the, all the things that you want to do? The first is really thinking about it and planning and prepping. So when I travel, I have instant oatmeals that I like, not the sugar kind that are sometimes available from vending machines or from hotels. 
Uh, but what's the nutrition I actually want to be doing? I, you know, pick out the bars and things that are going to travel well. I get little individual size nuts or I buy the big bulk ones and I put it in little Ziploc snack sizes. Uh, and quite honestly, I'm a vegetarian, so it's even more challenging, mm. I believe. Uh, and I travel to places like the Deep South and uh, South America and other places where where vegetarian hasn't quite caught on yet, yeah. <laughs> say the least. Uh, and so, yeah, I do need to plan ahead and and bring things that, you know, I can, I've traveled the world and I get along just fine. But if I can do some things to give myself the kind of snacks and protein and and nutrition that I need and still, and not feel like I'm being deprived, that's yeah. really important. I also really like I don't need a lot of desserts, but if I can have a little tiny wedge of fantastic dark chocolate, I feel like, you know, very decadent. So <laughs> I I do the things that are that feel like a treat and that also I know are the nutrition foundation that are going to help sustain me. Yeah. I mean, it's so it, it's so important and and I was just talking with somebody recently about the fact that when our lives get very busy, when we have you know, other people in our lives to take care of, whether it's clients or our kids or whatever, it seems like the first thing that goes is taking care of ourselves, whether that's giving up sleep so that we can work on things or, you know, eating whatever is at hand because we're rushing from one event to the other. But if we're not taking care of ourselves, we're simply not able to make our best contribution to the world in any uh, arena. Exactly. You know, let me tell you, there was this study done and they they did research on these eight judges, Supreme, uh, not Supreme judges, the eight judges that did, that reviewed over 1,100 cases for parole hmm. over about 10 months. And they randomized it. They did all kinds of stuff. And they had, they showed the results on this chart. And basically there were three diagonal lines that started in the top left and went down to the bottom right. Okay, so three lines diagonally like that. And the results from the research showed the highest chance of getting parole came right after when the judges had taken a food break. Mm -hmm. So right after breakfast, right after snack break and right after lunch. It was up around 65, 70 percent chance of a yes to a parole ruling. The cases right before the snack break. So the judges had gone an hour and a half or two hours without food or movement or taking a break, brain break, uh, as low as 0% chance, mm. <laughs> you know, so it got it declined throughout each session, but you start off with almost 70% chance of getting paroled down to 0% chance. And I just love it because it's so symbolic that I always think of judges as being fair-minded. They're they're making decisions based on the facts and they're they're unbiased. And I think we all think of ourselves that way too. It's like, oh, I don't need to take a lunch break. I'll just power through and get this done. I don't need breakfast. I'll just take the kids and make sure they're on time. Right? So we're doing this self-sacrificing behavior thinking that our performance won't really suffer. But if somebody followed us around and documented our choices, would we be making the same choices and the best choices if we were fueled and, you know, really doing that level of self-care that we know we need, getting the sleep, nutrition, and rest we, and movement that we need? Yeah, I mean, that that is so true. And I think the the, the case that you described there, the study that you described is is. Uh, a real good example of how if if you'd asked those people making those decisions if it was affected by whether they'd had a break or not it, they would say no they it wasn't even a conscious change on their part and i think that's true of us yeah. in kind of any area we're not even aware of how our um our failure so to speak to take care of ourselves is impacting the choices we make that to do or not do things or how we do them or how we interact with other people. So it's, it's a good reminder to keep, keep, uh, keep in mind taking care of ourselves for our own sakes, but also for the sake of, of 
the other people in our lives and the way we want to be in the world. Right. And the integrity of our work. And it's yeah. not that yes was good and no was bad, but the brain, a tired brain makes the easy choice. Yeah. And typically, and in the study, they talked about this, that a no decision resulted in fewer words needing to be described onto why they were denied as opposed to a yes verdict where they needed more uh, backing up of their decision. And so the brain naturally goes to the easy answer. And I think the same is true when our brains are tired and we're exhausted and we come home to the fridge and our brain goes for the easy answer, whether that's mac and cheese or ice cream or <laughs> building a salad with some you know, clean protein. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we know the right answers, but do we have the, the brain power and the willpower left after long, hard days to do the right thing? Yeah. So how do we make it easy to do the right thing? That's where I'm always like, so yeah, bag of nuts water bottles everywhere, you know, refillable, get up. And the more water you drink, the more times you got to get up. And that's part of the movement. Move your eyes away from your screen. You know, all those things that we know we should be doing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Being intentional about it and planning for the fact that it's easier to sit and, you know, skip a meal or whatever. So prepare ahead of time. I love that. Um, you, you've talked about, uh, uh, you kind of hinted on some of these things already, but uh, one of the things I always think is interesting to, to hear from a guest is, is where you maybe um, face challenges in managing your life. I think every person's life is a little different, presents different kinds of challenges as far as staying productive and getting the things done that really matter to her. What would you say are your biggest challenges? Number one, I want to be liked. And so I say yes a lot, mm. or I did, <laughs> you know, so being the yes person makes me feel good on the front end. And then I get stuck with things that I'm not really looking forward to and are not my best skill set. Mm. Uh, and so I usually regret those or to have to try and find a way out of them or I overcommit, double book myself. Anytime I find myself in that dreading when I'm looking at my calendar, it's like, oh, that's interesting. You know, mm -hmm. what what was really behind that decision why I took on that piece of work or why I said yes to that person? And uh, it's usually not my smart mind. Again, it's it's me wanting to be liked and me wanting to be the go-to person. Like, oh, call Jody. She's she'll do it. <laughs> Give it to Mikey. He eats anything. Uh, so that's that's really at the core. And it's, I think it's one of my good qualities as well, but I think it can sabotage my bigger career aspirations when I'm not my, when I'm not more uh, discerning. That's mm -hmm. my word of the year, by the way, I don't do resolutions. I do a, a word of the year. Yeah. And this year it's discerning. I think it's a very elegant word. Yes. <laughs> uh, and what that means is instead of uh, taking anything that comes my way. I, I have built some criteria that in, in the book get momentum, we talk about what do you want to be known for? Right. What do you want to be known for as a wife? What do you want to be known for as a manager of the team? What do you want to be known for as a daughter, as a, you know, sister, auntie, whatever roles you've got as a community volunteer? Um, what do I want to be known for? And does this, match and align with what I'm going for. And it really helps me discern what is on course and what is uh, people pleasing. Hmm. And so do you have, I, I, we talked in the, the book club meeting uh, that you and Jason participated in that with us. And we talked about that whole, that question and how, how, interesting and informative it is to ask that question, what do you want to be known for? Do you have a, a like a routine where periodically during the year or during the week or whatever, where you, you're sitting down and thinking about that and, and uh, planning your life accordingly? Or do you just, is that just something you kind of have in the back of your mind on the day to day or both? Um, usually shows up certain times of the year. So new years or end of the year, or, you know, those are end of the fiscal year. Those are times where you're naturally looking at your goals and roles and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so that would be my first time. 
And then the second time is when big shift happens. Uh, just about a year and a half ago, I noticed my mom had lost a ton of weight. And so I had 40 pounds in, in not so many months. And I was really concerned. And so I started taking her to different doctor's appointments and cancer specialists. And all I was running all over town and she lives a hundred miles away. So it's every time we did this, it was a, it was a, you know, a day away from work and, you know, it's uh, stressful and concerning and not knowing is really very scary. And uh, it turns out she has dementia and she just was forgetting to eat. Mm. And so that opened up a whole nother level of responsibility for me of, wow, my mom now needs a caretaker and this is new. And I, you know, is that going to be me? Is that going to be my dad? Is that going to be somebody that comes into our home? You know, we have all these new questions as a family to try and work through. So that wasn't on any list per se. It's like I, I knew my folks would get older and stuff would happen. But wow, you know, when you get whammies in life, it's uh, nice to have uh, some criteria. You know, I know the kind of daughter I want to be. So I want to be active and supportive and really involved with what's going on and not just let them figure it out on their own. So I use my technology. I use my productivity for good and not evil, <laughs> you know, and I, I help manage meds and manage doctor appointments and I can do certain things from far away. Uh, and that really helps with aging folks that don't have those skill sets. So uh, for me, that legacy question of what do you want to be known for was always so challenging because I don't, you know, like I said, in my 40s, I didn't know what I want to be when I grow up. I'm still figuring that out. But when I take it down into in smaller chunks, it's like, what do you want to be known for as a daughter in the next six months? Mm -hmm. Right. Because about six months is what I can anticipate with this health situation with my folks. I can't think out two years or five years. It's just there's too many variables. Um, so picking a role, picking a couple qualities and then picking a time frame really make it doable and um, not as overwhelming. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think when people say, I don't know why I'm on earth or, you know, what is my purpose in life? Those you can really go down a weird rabbit trail if you don't have some constructive tools to help you define your answers. And so, you know, I know what kind of I want. I know what I want to be known for as an author. I know what I want to be known for as a wife. And, you know, what I mean, like those are, are practical, tactical things for me. And they take it away from the abstract. And that's that's really what helps me define what I do and don't do. And when I get sidetracked, how I come back to on board. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, it's a very helpful framework and, and backdrop for making those decisions about how to spend your time from one day to the next. Um, as you're, you know, considering different opportunities, uh, there are any number of ways we can spend our time and our energy and, and our attention, but being purposeful about it uh, leads to, you know, I guess a more satisfying life and having a framework like that of, well, what do I want to be known for as a, you know, as a lawyer, as a wife, as whatever for the next three months, six months, whatever period of time you're choosing can really help you if you've thought through that to make those decisions about, well, somebody's come and asked me to chair this committee. Where does that fit into what you know, what I've decided I want to be known for, what kind of whatever I want to be over the next six months. I think it can help with making those decisions about what to say yes to, what to say not now to. Right. Because there's no shortage of what the world will ask you for. Yeah. there's It's just a needy place. Yep. <laughs> and for me, I want to show up in my best skill set so I can really contribute most valuably. And yes, knowing when things are on course and off course and being able to say in six months, I'll be better prepared to answer that or to serve in that function. Yeah. And uh, people, I find people respect that. Yeah. They, they'd rather have someone on their board 
that's really going to be there and work and not someone they have to chase down every time you say you're going to do something. So, so it helps with my own integrity. It helps me show up the way I want to show up and really dig into the projects that I'm here to do. Yeah, I love that. So on a really sort of practical, nitty-gritty level, uh, the various things that you're doing, uh, the uh, obligations and commitments that you spend your time on, you've you've got to kind of, ju- I, I hate the word juggle, but juggle different roles and different th- projects and things like that. Do you have any particular tools that you like that you use to manage your time or uh, you know, to get the stuff done that you want to do? Any, any tools you like, resources you recommend on, on that front? Sure. I'll share a couple ideas and we can dig in deeper. Uh, the first is actually what we call the 30-30 rule. And Jason and I talked about this a bit, but the 30-30 rule is sitting down and looking at our calendar for 30 minutes on something that's 30 days or more away. And the reason why I consider this a productivity tool or tip is things on my calendar should not surprise me. Mm. And they do all the time, (laughs) or at least until I started really diving into this technique. Um, I say yes to stuff all the time. I accept meeting requests. I, you know, like to meet with people when I'm in their city. I'm constantly receiving and accepting lots of uh, places where I need to be. And then the world throws you curveballs. There can be fantastic opportunities. They can be problems and, you know, hardship things. And, oh, got a call from mom or the doctor. You know, that one call from home can change my whole week. But if I don't know what I've already said yes to and what my commitments are, that's much, much more stressful. So me being able to wrap my brain around, uh, let me just look out 30 days and see what's coming towards me so I can either renegotiate, delegate it, start the ball rolling, ask for more clarifying information. You know, there are things I could be doing, and especially when it's me supporting somebody on the calendar. You know, so if you've got kids and they have sports or tests or projects due or trips themselves, you know, anything where you're managing other people, the more information you can have and anticipate, uh, you know, I am the first one to encourage people to get their kids in a carpool system uh, so that you can get an extra hour a day. My sister has two kids. She just turned into a chauffeur. <laughs> you know, now the big joke is she's the Uber driver of the family because that's all she does all afternoon. Mm. Um, but with a little bit of planning, could she you know, hand off a kid or two a day a week and have a whole afternoon to herself to actually get something done. And again, this is, you get to decide your roles and that sort of thing. But if you knew what was coming towards you and you put a little bit of your time towards it, would you do things differently? Yeah. Instead of, I love this idea because instead of spending all your time every day, just dealing with the immediate to set aside some time to look out on the horizon a little ways and think, all right, is there something I can do now to prepare for that thing that's coming? I, as you were talking, I was thinking of it in terms of the times that I've agreed to speak at a law conference or something like that. And it's months ahead and I put it on the calendar, you know, I say, Oh, great. Thank you for, for asking me. Yep. I'll, I'll put something together and I'm looking forward to it. And it's months out there. And then you get busy with the day to day and and somewhere in your mind, you think I've got plenty of time to prepare that that talk and put the slides together and all of those things. And you get busy with the day to day, and then all of a sudden, it's next week, and you're scrambling. And if, yeah, yeah. So I love this thirty thirty idea um, to sort of get out in front of it a little bit instead of having those last minute fire drills. Exactly, and you know, and that's the point. It's like. You're, I am never going to process every day between now and 30 days away and then think I'm going to keep going. So cut yourself a break. You'll handle yeah. the emergencies just like you've always handled the emergencies, but jump out ahead and see if this works. And the good and bad news is in 30 days, you'll know if it works for you. Mm-hmm. If it, if it 
changes the level of drama that is coming towards you, or if all of a sudden things are just a little bit running a little bit more smoothly and, oh, everybody seems to be a little bit more organized and, oh, I'm already prepared for that meeting. I'm already prepared with a slide deck. You know, if, if you just, it's going to be subtle because there's, you're still going to have a to-do list, Mm -hmm. but maybe it's not, oh, S this is due later today. Um, Maybe it's like, oh, I, I could use this slide deck in another way and, you know, um, apply to speak at another conference. You know, you could magnify the opportunities and be in charge of it and not constantly being reactive to, to the world and what it's asking of us. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. And then the other, the other tip that I have, because, uh, my calendar does rule me and I get so easily, I don't know if distracted is the right word, but like I get so deep into the work when I'm doing it that I can miss a meeting even though I know I have it. So I set alarms and I'm just getting better and better at, you know, looking at my calendar first thing in the morning and pushing that button on my phone, say set an alarm for 8.30, set an alarm for 10.25, set an alarm for, and I always build in time to get myself ready. Because if I have, you and I had, a scheduled time for 10:30 to meet together. So at 10:15, I had set an alarm said, you know, turn on the the Skype and check out the headset. You know, and it took me 15 minutes to get everything working. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens is people set alarms for a 10 o'clock meeting at 10 o'clock. Yeah. And that's that's that is truly an alarm. That's the OS I'm late. I'm not ready. I needed to be somewhere or I needed to finish up this email or this call or whatever I was doing. So for me, I like to build in just enough of a buffer so that I can wrap up what I'm doing and get prepared or get myself in the car. You know, anytime I have to move my body, I give myself more time than I think I'm going to need because there's always something in between me and the car yeah. <laughs> that needs to be done, right? And and so those are just the little hacks. Like, let's just be honest with ourselves with the level of support we'd actually like. Yeah. And and give to ourselves. Yeah, great advice to set those alarms a little bit ahead of time and give yourself some time to take a breath and actually be prepared to start on time rather than, you know, trying to gather your materials while the phone's you know, ringing for your, whatever your call is or something like that. Well, you, I mean, obviously you've thought about all this stuff a lot. It's part of your business as well as part of your life, uh, being productive and finding ways to uh, manage yourself and your time, your energy, your attention, all those things that go into making a, a productive life. But uh, I got to ask this question because I ask every guest, even though you have that knowledge and those skills and those tools that you can use, um, do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you get, you know, just completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Yes, absolutely. That stuff happens. And especially more and more when it's outside of my control or you know, I'm just uh, doing the best as I can. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can't always be there for the people that I care about in the way that I want. So it's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, So what do I do? I have a lot of girlfriends. I had, that's not true. I have a lot of people I know, and I have a handful of girlfriends that I can call or text when I just need a little love. (laughs) Different than the way my husband will say, oh, honey, you're great. But sometimes girlfriends know how to make you laugh or give you a little perspective that, you know, I am a good daughter. I am a good sister, whatever those things are that I need. Uh, So building in those meaningful relationships, don't wait till you have time. You know, we, everybody's busy. And uh, now with technology, whether it's texting, Skyping, video chatting, FaceTiming, whatever it is, like how do we stay in touch with the people that, that mean the world to us, um, to build those relationships. So that that's one. And then having something fun 
So I have this whole playlist as my fun playlist, which is silly, crazy songs that make me laugh and uh, that I can dance badly to. So, you know, being able to to move it off because from when I read about depression and and anxiety, a lot of it is this negative feedback cycle where you feel bad so you don't move and then you make bad choices, whether that's food or drink or whatever that is. And then that makes you feel bad and you don't move more and, you know, you don't reach out and you don't socialize. And, you know, it's this cycle of downward badness. Uh, so anything I can do to shift that and shift my mood, shift my body, get my blood moving and laugh a little bit, that shifts quite a bit. Uh, so that kind of self-care, knowing yourself, um, because there will be hard days. Yeah. And yeah. um there's actually a poem that I love and you can Google it. I'll, I'll give you the link to it. And it's called, there will be bad days. Mm-hmm. And it's just this beautiful poem of, you know, we get the opportunity to try it again tomorrow and give it our best shot again. And we, some days are better than others. And just knowing that truly I'm doing my best every day. And sometimes it's just that shows up differently. So a little peace, a little kindness, a little forgiving, and uh, some great girlfriends. That's that's what keeps me going. Yeah, having those people in my yeah. life that I really care about. Yeah, those are all really really great uh, ideas for dealing with those days. I love it. So, so um, Jody, what is on the horizon for you? Either you know professionally, personally, what's what's coming up that you're looking forward to? What do I love? I have a new country that I'm going to visit this summer. I'm super excited about going to Menorca and continuing to speak to audiences that want to keep getting better. Mm. Love women's conferences. I have two of those coming up where it's women in tech and women in finance. Uh, You know, I think these niches of where women are in the minority, they're finding strength in connecting to one another. That really makes me happy because I think we're stronger together. And and so, yeah, just continuing to find my voice and being able to share it with people who are also doing great things. I, I love when you talked about when in the intro that, you know, it's a privilege to get to serve and be with this community of people. I'm right there with you that it it is a blessing. It is a gift to get to hang out with people who want to keep getting better. Yeah, I agree absolutely. Well, I know you have a lot of um, a lot of things to offer. Not just the book, which of course I'll put link a link to that in the show notes and the poem you just mentioned. Um, we'll find that and stick that in there. Um, I you you have things you're doing, whether it's speaking or coaching and all the kinds of stuff that you have going on, where can people connect with you online if they want to find out more about what you're up to and, and what you offer? Check out getmomentum.com. And there's a contact page there. If you want to send me a note, I would love to hear what you're working on. And yeah, happy to connect there. That's really my home base. Okay. And we'll we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, this has been so helpful. You've, you've offered a lot of food for thought, and I appreciate you sharing kind of transparently about who you are and what you're up to. Uh, before we wrap up, do you have any last words for the listener who might be looking for a little help or encouragement in, in getting things done and making a life that matters? Any, any last words for her or him? Write down five different roles you have in your life, personal, professional, whatever you got going on, and give yourself a couple different time zones. So one month, three months, six months, that sort of thing. And say, as a then role, I want to be known for in the next three months. So as a daughter, I want to be known as, and then put the quality in the next six months, something like that. Give yourself some real targets because I think having that level of specificity in your life is actually going to make things easier. And if you need help knowing what a good mom is, you know, because I bet your standards are way high, talk to your kids, ask them, what does a good mom do? What does a cool auntie do? 
and hear what their level is, because my guess is it's going to be a lot easier than you're making it. So <laughs> test it out with the, the ones who love you first and then keep up leveling. Maybe, maybe talk to your boss or the people you work with. What does a good coworker do? What does a good team manager do? You know, you can play around with it, but start with the easy ones and see if that doesn't make your life just a little bit easier. I love it. That's a great idea. Jody. thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today for the benefit of the community. I appreciate it very much. Oh, Laura, thanks. And thanks for everybody out there for all you do. I am so thankful to Jody for taking the time to share her thoughts with us on how she manages her own life for her great suggestions, encouraging words, and good ideas for the rest of us. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Jody? Uh, any questions for me? Any thoughts that you had as you were listening to the conversation I had with her? I'd love to hear from you. I know Jody would as well. Please feel free to share your thoughts or your questions in the comments section of the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 184 or post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or if you're in the community in the Facebook group, uh, share your question there. Jody's actually a member of the community there, and she'll, you know, if you tag her to make sure she sees it, I know she'll jump in and happy be happy to have a conversation with you there. If you want to share your thoughts on this episode or anything else, for that matter, with me privately, you can always email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. I would love to hear from you, so please do that. Don't forget to visit makinglight.com to learn more about these wonderful candles. And of course, be sure to use the promo code TPW10 to get $10 off your first subscription. And thank you so much to Making Light, uh, not only for supporting the productive woman by sponsoring this episode, but for making my my mornings a little better and a little more focused and a, a little more pleasant. So it's a... I'm very grateful for that. And that, my friends, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Jody. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found something in it that was helpful and encouraging to you. I look forward to talking with you again next time. So until then, be sure to extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.